Welcome to the Optimal You podcast. This is pharmacist Steve Ersfeld. Grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and enjoy the show. Welcome to episode 26 of the Ersfeld Pharmacy Optimal You podcast. I'm your host, pharmacist Steve Ersfeld. The goal of the podcast is to discuss different health topics that might be helpful to you in your journey to becoming the optimal you. If you listen all the way to the end of the podcast, I have a special offer for you as a gift for taking the time to listen. Today's guest is Dr. Marvin Eberts, chiropractor and owner of Aspire Health Clinic here in Dickinson. Uh, Before we start the visit with Dr. Eberts, I need to let the listeners know that this podcast provides general information and a discussion about health and health-related subjects. The information provided in this podcast is not intended or should not be construed as medical advice, nor is the information a substitute for, for, for professional medical expertise or treatment. So just a little bit of background on our guest, Dr. Eberts. Uh, he attended college at the University of North Dakota, which is okay. I'm not sure what kind of, what happened there. Or There was whatever. a lot of beautiful girls there when I was in high school. <laughs> there was. That's why I went there. Yeah, okay. And uh, received early acceptance to Northwestern Health Sciences University in Bloomington, Minnesota, completing a Bachelor of Human Biology and graduated magna cum laude. La, la, magna cum laude. laude. Yep. And I had to ask him what that meant uh, because I didn't graduate magna cum laude. So that's impressive, doctor. Uh, with a doctorate of chiropractic and a certificate of acupuncture. He has completed courses in equine chiropractic, sports, rehabilitation, bioenergy therapy, and much more. Throughout his um, chiropractic career, he has focused on rehabilitation, <coughs> education, and nutrition incorporates rehabilitation for his chiropractic patients to care for many biomedical issues. Research has proven that when these two are performed together, uh, patients get better results that last longer. He visualizes a clinic incorporating physical therapy, chiropractic, rehabilitation, personal training, and dentistry all under one roof. And that's happening right here at Aspire Health Clinic in Dickinson. Um, Marvin is a father of five. Uh, which we'll maybe chat a little bit about how, how he works that into his, his daily routine, mm-hmm. um, where he and his wife enjoy building a holistic and comprehensive practice that can care for you and your family better. Your health matters to them. Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Nice brief, brief little bio on you, I guess maybe. Thank you for that. That yeah. was impressive, Steve. Yeah. Well, I spent a lot of time on that, obviously. <laughs> I did. Yeah. Um, uh, maybe you want to let the listeners know a little bit about uh, your background and, and maybe how you came to be a chiropractor. That's Let's a that's that. a great great story. So one is I grew up in in uh, Dickinson here. Well, actually, South Hart went to high school at South Hart and farm and ranch. Uh, my parents were uh, entrepreneurs. My dad started a custom harvesting business that we grew up in. Uh, traveling all through kind of the middle part of the U.S. We went through May. You finish school and you go down to Oklahoma and you start harvesting wheat because when we're planting wheat in North Dakota, they're harvesting it in Texas. Wow. So you you follow that growing season up. So it, it allowed us kids to grow up in a lot of different small communities throughout the states. Uh, a lot of those communities became like home. And so we got used to working with different people of different backgrounds and kind of different cultures, really, because um, every state has its own little culture. It's kind of neat. So that that kind of got me into understanding uh, customer service. And then from high school when graduating, uh, I knew I didn't want to take over that part of the family business. And my my brother 
is doing a great job. He's taking over the family farm. So I kind of decided to go the schooling route. Uh, so I went to school. Like I said, I went to UND. I honestly, I had a great uh, high school party weekend up there and it was a lot of fun. So I was like, hey, of all the universities, this one was pretty fun. So let's go do this. Uh, and that's uh, was proved to be a smart decision because I met my wife up there. And so best decision I made was going to the university because of who I met, not because of what it provided me. But uh, what got me to get into the health field is I started studying the sciences. You know, I was I turned wrenches on the farm. I was kind of mechanical in nature. And I took those aptitude tests, you know, in high school. And it says you'd either be a good mechanic, a doctor or a merchant. Those were the three things. And I was like, huh, okay. So this thing obviously doesn't know anything I said at the time, but chiropractic is kind of all that. I am a mechanic of the body. I am a a doctor as in I provide health benefits and then I'm a merchant because I own my own business. So apparently that was spot on, but so, so not kind of knowing I was just took into the sciences, uh, took a lot of the classes. I was in, uh, kind of a a branch of the honors program at UND called the integrated studies program. It was a Socratic method, kind of like fish tank situation. So we didn't do the classic like lecture testing type stuff. We actually read a lot. We did hundreds of books probably over the course of that, not maybe not hundreds, but I would say upwards of at least 50 or 60 different books in that first year. And that incorporated all things from English to, to sciences and And so my final exam that year, which is where I got most of my humanities and general education requirements taken care of, the exam was uh, three or four questions, and you could pick three of them to write on. Who are we? Why are we here? And where did we come from? Were the three questions that I answered, and I had to incorporate all of the sciences, philosophies, humanities, English into that paper. So those three questions took me 27 pages and uh, that's that's how I knocked out most of my general ed requirements. So it really caused me to think differently, right? Think outside of the box. Um, so that was kind of the catalyst to help me find out um, kind of who I really was, right? Not as an extension of my family, but really my own kind of personal identity and and what what kind of drove me. So knowing that, I knew I wanted to help people. And that's where I started looking into the medical field. I was studying, kind of getting ready for the MCAT. And I just kind of had this feeling is like, you know, well, maybe I should go visit my chiropractor, a fantastic chiropractor who recently retired here in town, Dr. Tim Peters, oh, yeah. uh, a, a great shout out to Tim, just a fantastic individual uh, that provided me great care, even though I did, he didn't maybe articulate what he was doing to me, right? We were always talking about hunting, fishing or sports or something else, sure. not necessarily my health, <laughs> but clearly he had my health in his mind. Uh, Because he kept me healthy all through sports. I never hardly went to uh, the medical clinic. And just because between my chiropractic and and treatment from Dr. Tim, like I just didn't have any issues. So, so I just thought I got to go follow Tim around, you know what I mean? Just to find out what this whole chiropractic thing is about. And so when I went to Tim's practice uh, during one of the school breaks, he allowed me to come in and shadow him for a morning. And I was there from 5 a.m. when he, when he started adjusting patients all the way till about noon and it felt like I was there for 40 minutes. There were so many smiles, so much laughter, so much like good, you know, BS <laughs> going on. Sure. It was just a great time. And Tim said something to me that really struck me. He said, you know, Marvin, I'm just as excited to walk through these doors today as I was the day I started. 
And that hit me. It hit me like a brick. It's like, you know what? I probably won't find many medical doctors who are going to say that after being in practice for 20 years. So I was like, there's obviously something to this profession, right? So I took that as gospel and uh, applied to chiropractic school, got accepted. And that was kind of the start of it. Wow. Wow. That's a great story. Great background. Um, you, you know, we, when we go to, you know, when I'm in high school many, many years ago, there wasn't a whole lot of exposure to professions. Mm-hmm. So we had, you know, people were going into teaching, they wanted to be a coach, they, we had an accounting class, so people were accountants, um, and there were some me- medical people involved, but we didn't get, like, exposed to the way kids are today. I mean, you had a you had a great, I mean, a half day with Dr. Peters was like, that was money for you, huh? Yeah, I mean, it, and it's just, it was kind of like the, I think, kind of going back to, um, that that aptitude test seeing tim being a successful business busy with people um seeing how generous he was mm-hmm. you know and and i know many people i've been a recipient of his generosity but it was just inspiring yeah. right so it's kind of like also not only was he doing something cool but he was also being something cool wow right awesome. and it's like i i want that you know and i think that's kind of like you know you we We've talked not in the podcast, but about authentic joy and just peace, right? And yep. being kind of that that you know beacon of light. And Tim was that, and so it's like I I recognized in that that that's something that I desired. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that was, but there was something there that I desired sure. that I didn't see elsewhere. And I think having exposure to seeing any professional. Right. And that's maybe kind of aligned with your natural skill set. But when you see joy and you see see uh, a kind of that light, it's attractive. Mm-hmm. It's magnetic. Oh, yeah. Right. Sure. And so obviously that was hook, line, the sinker for me. Cool. That's awesome. So now you are in your own practice, Aspire yep. Health Clinic. Um, how did that come about? I mean, your, your wife's a dentist and you've got other practitioners in here. Why the, the combination? The catalyst that probably started this was an opportunity when I was in an internship in the Twin Cities. I, I was an intern in like a multi-discipline clinic like a, that was like a free clinic. So you and people donated their time there. So I was purview to being in a, in a huddle where you had... Uh, psychologist, you had a medical doctor, you had chiropractic, which I would have represented you had acupuncture, you had all these different health disciplines that were donating their time and you would treat these cases and you had these case studies. So these people came in, it was free care, mm-hmm. but they kind of knew they were this case study situation. So you got to see this kind of like bouncing off effect um, and, and appreciating other people's perspectives and how they view that individual and their health. So that was kind of like interesting. Obviously, it's like, well, that's great in a free clinic, but like that's not really possible, right? So that was my first experience. But then um, going all the way through school, I've just found myself to be a little bit more um, open to just other disciplines going to Northwestern. We had acupuncture there. Some of those licensed acupuncturists are going to school for four years, studying thousands of years worth of acupuncture philosophy and wow. and just taking that acupuncture certification, which is just a small slice of what acupuncture really is, right? And realizing, so it's like, sometimes the more you know, the more you don't know, right? So I realized that, yes, great, I have this certificate in acupuncture, but I am totally ignorant of like how much there is in that realm. 
Um, so I could appreciate that. Right. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, okay. And obviously it's helped millions of people right. over the course of time. So there's mm-hmm. something to it. Right. So being humble enough to admit that, okay, I'm not the fix all for everything. Right. Like I can't, you know, there's one person that was able to fix everybody and he was crucified like 2000 years ago. <laughs> so the rest of us are just trying our best. Right. So we, uh, so that, that kind of like just started our, what I could appreciate others. And then I, I do like data. I, I like truth, right? I like to search out even things that are, um, I want to know that they work. I want some sort of conviction, right? So I, although I can appreciate philosophy because I, I took a lot of classes, you know, in philosophy and, and understanding it, there's just more that like, I always had this desire to learn more, um, in, in sort of a concrete way, but not holding to science as if it is the gospel truth, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it, so just because something doesn't have a double blinded placebo controlled trial doesn't mean I'm going to like put it on a shelf and say, well, it's, it doesn't work. So right. uh, uh, a perfect phrase is lack of evidence is not evidence of lack. So I'll say that again, lack of evidence is not evidence of lacking. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So it just means it hasn't been studied. Right. Right. And so some things are just so obviously helpful. You don't need to study them. Right. Like there's, there's plenty of anecdotal things. So, mm-hmm. so that kind of molded me, but I can appreciate it all. Right. Yeah. There's, there's good in all of it. And so going through school and uh, started having some good people that I met that were going into physical therapy and, and rehabilitation. And you can see how they're helping people. And I know that the adjustments helping people. Um, but I started doing research papers and you realize that when you do manipulation, spinal manipulative therapy, as it's researched mm-hmm. and therapeutic exercises or ec- exercise activities, those patients get better results mm-hmm. and they last longer. Both, both, both in like manipulation will get conditions better. Exercise will get conditions better, but when both are done together, it usually comes out ahead. Those are better cases. Sure. And then when you go even more, you start incorporate nutrition can get people better, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. N- nutrition and exercise can get people better, but nutrition, exercise, and manipulation, like when you start addressing nervous system issues and you start addressing physical musculoskeletal issues and you start addressing, you know, uh, nutritional issues, holy crap, now you're actually really helping people, right? right? And let's be honest, there's a time and place where we need medication. We absolutely need more of a chemical effect to happen in order to initiate a change in that individual, right? Because they've deviated so far from homeostasis, right? That that point of like yep. just perfection, right? Where you don't have to work to just breathe. Mm-hmm. So once you get so far, you, you need bigger baseball bats, right? You mm-hmm. need, you need heavier hitters. And so there's a time and place for everything. So you're, it sounds a lot like, like you kind of are, have the same thought process as we do at the pharmacy. I mean, we've got tools, so we've got, you know, traditional medicine, we've got compounded medicine, we've got dietary supplements, we've got oils, we've got whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing that, you know, when your, your patients come to you, they're just not getting chiropractic care. They have, they're open to other things. And that's, that's going to lead me into this, this kind of this next question, because you did mention um, acupuncture, and we talked about that a little bit in your bio. 
Um, but you have a couple of different things. You're, you're a tool guy, aren't you? I mean, I, yeah, exactly. I'm mechanical. That's yes. the mechanic in me. So two things that I that, um, that you do that are I think listeners need to know about, and I don't know how common these are in a lot of the practices, but they're going to be the the photobiomodulation laser therapy and mm. also far infrared heat with chrome light therapy. So tell us a little bit about that and how you incorporate those into your practice. Great. So um, back backstory is I, I did have kind of interest in light therapy and laser therapy going through school, but it was still more of the cold laser therapy. And and you could see like the the return on your investment um, is it was helpful for conditions, but there was a lot of conditions it wasn't as helpful for. And there was a high cost to lasers because it's not reimbursed. So and, and I kind of got the feel that some of that stuff was driven by, you know, more like sales promotional type stuff, right? Sure. Like you're trying to sell packages. It, it was more of the merchant and less of the doctor. Sure. Right. Yeah. So not that it didn't help a lot of people. And of course it did because it does work. And, and I'll kind of explain later, like how it works in a layman's term. Um, and the reason why it works even on a lower level. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah. class four lasers are warm lasers they're just a higher level they can apply more photons to a given area to help saturate that tissue and and again i'll kind of explain that so why don't i maybe start with the laser therapy yeah, and kind yeah, of yeah so first disclosure i'm not a physicist right <laughs> i'm not a microbiologist not that you um, want to be <laughs> right um so i tend to speak in analogies because i try to relate things to so people can understand, right? Yeah, so the right. average person can understand. So I'll kind of refer to these in that light. Um, you know, somebody who really knows more than me, right? Or has really studied this might take issue with some of the things I'm going to say, but I'm going to just say, well, I'm a provider treating patients, hundreds of patients a month. And this is the way that I found that people understand it. So that's how I'm yeah. going to approach it. Yeah, so sure. I, I talk to people that light therapy or laser therapy is like painting, right? So you have different wavelengths of light and different wavelengths of light have different effects on our body, right? So just like different colors of paint can be pleasing to the eye, right? For some people sure. and to some it's like gross, right? So depending on what your desired effect is on the body, you're going to need to have the right wavelength of light or the right color, mm -hmm. right? So from the color spectrum, they're all could be infrared or red, you know, they're in this certain spectrum, but just for the sake of this analogy, just imagine like going into Sherwin-Williams and you have a barrage of colors, mm -hmm. right? So you're trying to find the right wavelength for the right condition that you're seeking to treat mm -hmm. when you're using light therapy. Um, so laser therapy, uh, there's two of the wavelengths that the laser that I use have been pretty well documented. There's others out there. So essentially I have the right color. Mm -hmm. So now that I have the right paint, I have to apply that to the patient, right? Or apply that to the wall. Mm -hmm. And so the different levels of light therapy is like the different size of your brush. So I'll tell patients like, okay, I have to paint this wall. I have the right color paint, but now I have to apply the paint to the wall. So, mm -hmm. and I have to apply enough paint to the wall to get a nice, smooth, consistent saturation. So it's not all blotchy and spotty. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'll ask a patient, like, can you paint the wall with a toothbrush? And I'll ask that to you, Steve. Can you paint a I mean, wall you with can, a toothbrush? But it take a long time. There it is. The time. So the problem with lower level light therapies is not that they don't work. It's that there is a lack 
of information telling people how long they realistically need to be exposed to that light in order to adequately saturate the tissue to get the desired effect that that wavelength can give you physiologically, right? So like, yeah, you can paint that wall with a toothbrush, but you better be prepared for a couple of days worth of work, (laughs) right? So like, but that's not practical in a clinical application, but if there's a home device, okay. But you can't expect to sit underneath that home device for 30 minutes and then get that same kind of effect you're going to get from a laser. It's just not going to work, right? right? Because you didn't get enough saturation, even though it's the right wavelength. So when some of these things are marketed, you know, that are FDA approved or, or maybe they're not FDA approved and they're just kind of out there. Well, it's not that they're lying because mm-hmm. what they're telling you is that the wavelength, this, this light can do X, Y, Z and all the ABC. Mm-hmm. That's true when the tissue is saturated, mm-hmm. right? Or you've, you've gotten that kind of effect. So class four lasers or worm lasers are just allowing me to apply enough light to the area to get that saturation kind of within that clinical time window, right? So I take minute, my appointments are 15 minutes. So if, if an adequate treatment is 30 minutes, well, unless I have an assistant doing that, that has a lot of time, it's not as practical. So lower level laser therapy, low level or cold laser or other red light therapies. Okay. If they have the right wavelength coming out of them, it's just a matter of time. Sure. Right. Okay. So they work, but from a clinic perspective, that's why I chose to go with class four laser is because now I can adequately saturate that patient to give them the desired effect of that light within probably six minutes. Oh, wow. Right. So perfect. Right now we're now we're cooking, so I can still literally sometimes because yeah, right? <laughs> it's warm. That's why it's warm. That's why it's warm. Okay. That's why it's warm. You're 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 giving a lot of energy to the area. So now I have the right color, and I can paint the wall within the right amount of time. Wow. Okay. Okay. So that's light therapy. Now, what's it actually doing? So this is where I kind of switch analogies. Yeah. Steve, you get injured. Right. You yeah, have an been, acute been injured. You I've kinda... been here. I've been, I call you up. I well, I'm glad you, you said that because I, I can't you, say it. I yeah. Text you, I'm like, Marvin, gosh, can I get it today? And you're like, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll Absolutely, Steve. You're always, you're always like so gracious because I don't, I don't get hurt or sick that, that often. It, I'm like you. But when I do, man, I'm just like, I'm weak and I'm, just need help. Yeah. Help me, Marvin. Well, I'm so, I'm so glad you bring that up because really the reason why I'm so accommodating to you, yeah. Steve, is because I love getting to tell you I told you so. <laughs> so when you fail to take my advice time after time after time after time, it's just really edifying for me to say. If I failed to take your advice, I think I, I adhere to it pretty good. I think, yeah, yeah, probably. So, but all yeah. charity, uh, all charity <laughs> included. So I would say... um. Where were we? Oh yeah. The, so what it's actually doing. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have an injury and your body has trillions of cells, right. And there's a constant inventory. Think of it like the automotive industry, right. There's just all kinds of cars floating around of all different makes and models and different types, right. they all have different purposes. They all have different jobs, right. So the cells in your body that make up your tissues, that make up your organs, right. That as, as a kind of advance are, are like your main, like building block. That's the component. So when you have an injury, some of those are like cars that all of a sudden have the lights left on, right? The battery goes dead. So that cell just sits there stagnant, 
right? Now your body intuitively is smart. Steve, if you had a brand new 2023 BMW convertible sitting in your driveway, I think you just bought that last week, right? Yeah. I did actually have three. Three of them. Three yeah. Sitting yeah. Red, them. blue, and black, right? Because you just to pick a color. <laughs> Depending on the day and my mood. Yes. Yeah. So if all three of those beautiful convertibles are sitting in your driveway with the I want to take a time off because okay, the we'll car that's in my driveway is a 2003 Yukon with 282,000 miles on it. Just just for reference, I need to let the and people know. And it's golden that. color. <laughs> it's not because it's not, <laughs> I do not drive with BMW. I'm sorry. Anyway, go ahead. Well, you have a Yukon. I'm driving a Honda Odyssey minivan with a well, yeah, with 160,000 miles on it. Five kids, though. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. Minivans are the way to go. If oh, anybody totally. listening to this podcast, totally. just do the, the minivan. minivan. Don't yep. don't think it's a mom. Car. It's a, it is a mom car, but those things rock. They are. They're the best. <laughs> they have to have it. So so if you had yes, the brand have. new Yukons, yeah, red, blue, and black. Right. You wouldn't just because the battery is dead, you would not scrap that car. Right. You wouldn't take it to East End Auto and give them the title and say, here you go. No, absolutely not. Can't. Right. You would do what to those dead batteries, Steve? What would you'd you do? charge them? You recharge those things. You'd recharge. Yeah, exactly. Well, you're that's what the laser is doing. So when your cell is stagnant and the mitochondria, which is the little energy factory of the cell. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. There's something called the electron transport chain within the cell. And that's what helps basically create ATP, which is what your cells run on, which essentially is what your whole body runs on, right? Yep. So we need to charge that battery. Well, the laser donates an electron to that electron transport chain inside that mitochondria, just like that battery charger or those jumper cables donate that external energy source from a different battery or a different power source into that battery, which allows that car to then start. And then once that car starts, it can run, it can charge itself, it can do what it needs to do, and you can then use it as a productive car again. Mm -hmm. Laser therapy donates the electron to that mitochondria, so it boosts that cell. It helps that cell get started again, so then that cell can go and do what it's supposed to do. Wow. Right? That's impressive. And so now, if we had the entire parking lot of all the car dealers in Dickinson, all of their batteries are dead, and we go around and we boost all of them for 10 minutes, right? Some of those cars are gonna hold that charge and start back up again. Some of them, it might not be quite enough, right? So one laser application is kind of like one quick boost, right? It's not necessarily enough for all of those cells that have become dysfunctional, right? But it might be sufficient for some. So some individuals, so how many treatments will it take, right? Yeah, For yeah. some, it could be one and done, mm -hmm. right? If they're otherwise good physiological health, right? Those that, that body is not far from homeostasis. It doesn't take a lot of treatment to really return it back, right? right? So that quick little boost quickly allows that to recharge. Now, more chronic conditions, we're talking years, right? That's like a dead battery yeah. that's been parked in the tree row for the last 10 years. Like <laughs> you're going to have to boost that sucker overnight. You know what I mean? In the tree row, I like that analogy, <laughs> in the, yeah. yeah. In, in the, so, so sometimes, yes, it can take much more, uh, many more treatments in order to get that desired effect that you're kind of looking for because you're dealing with a lot more stagnant tissue. You're dealing with a lot more dysfunctional tissue and it takes more time to uh, adapt that. 
So, so that that begs the question. So we're talking about kind of site specific application of laser. Is there a full body laser that you could do to recharge all the cells? Yeah. So there's. Um, is that coming? There is. It, it exists. Yeah. Uh, Novathor makes a bed. They call it like the photobiomodulation bed yeah. stuff where it uses not. And I can't remember if it's. It might just still be like LED diodes in there okay. whether they're actually i don't think they're actually generated by laser light but it's higher output led diodes mm -hmm. now again back to my analogy that could still be more of like a two inch brush that you're trying sure. to paint your wall with yeah but now you're painting that wall with like 700 two inch brushes right. mm -hmm. it's a, it's yeah right so now you're even though it's a lower level intensity having more of them will get you saturated within that time when it'll get, get more productive done. Right. Like yeah. lots of small hands make light work of, you know, heavy mm -hmm. loads. Yeah. So that, that would work. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's kind of one of the thing, like when you, you asked about the infrared or the far infrared, we do have um, the, like the red fit room, yeah. which yeah. now again, a lot more of these led diodes and you can be in there in a high temperature environment in the infrared environment. So now we're kind of mixing and matching some therapies in there, right? Mm -hmm. Coming from a few different angles to work on there. So if you're doing your workout in there, um, we also have an oxygen concentrator. So it takes scavenges the free oxygen in the air mm -hmm. and concentrates it and then kind of pumps it into the red fit room. So it's almost like a hyperbaric. Except the pressure is the same. It's still atmospheric. It's still okay. normal atmospheric pressure. So you're getting a higher concentration of oxygen in the air that you're breathing, but it's not an increased pressure. So you're not getting those pressure effects like hyperbaric, which are fantastic. And I think there's there's definitely, that's on my radar. I'll be yeah. honest. Yeah. It's on my radar. It is. If it they is. weren't, there, there's some, I haven't really quite figured out the whole legalities of like what I all need to do. And there's some things where it has to be prescribed by medical professionals on higher if you're including oxygen, it becomes more of a medicine at that. So there's some nuances there that I have the to. The hyperbaric? Yeah. You're talking? Yeah. Yeah. I actually, a couple podcasts ago, I did uh, one with a provider up in uh, Minot, Trish Benner, who's a nurse practitioner who does hyperbaric up there. Yeah. So I'll this, this check out that podcast because I. Yeah. It's actually, yeah. So it's, it's um, a lot of these same things are targeting mitochondria. Everything, yeah. is, everything seems to be the focus in medicine right now is how do we recharge mitochondria because we look at a lot of disease and illness is mitochondrial function and we're we're like just medicating to band-aid and we're not really fixing the underlying problem are we yeah so so the things that you're doing with this are like super critical and super cool because now we're like bringing these modalities together to like get it done. And I would say anecdotally, like the red fit room, yeah. you know, that, that we've had, we, and, and uh, that with that oxygen and that we've seen some like really cool bounce backs from illness, like, especially cause we kind of had it since COVID, right. Uh -huh. People like with some long hauler stuff or these yeah. kind of residual symptoms. It's like that body is just suffering, man. You go and bake in that thing for a little while and you know, it, it pops out. Now I think truthfully, we see that a lot more in our 20, 30 year old population, right? They're the ones that are going to bounce back. They can do a couple of those right. sessions, right? right? When you start getting more complex medical issues, like, although it's, it's palliative, right? Like it's helpful and it's, it, mm -hmm. it's, but it's not usually 
the standalone thing that needs to happen, right? right. Uh, a 20 something can walk into that room and come out and be like, okay, I feel great. And then be bit great the next day and on they go, right? Um, you know, as you get older and your medical problems get a little bit more complex, you don't see, you, you kind of need that harmonious nature of multiple disciplines to really help you elevate your health, Sure, right? You need that symphony, right? You can't just play the one riff and you're good to go. Yeah, it's, it's funny, you know, you go back to uh, the saying that you can't, um, you can't uh, out, oh, I can't think of it now, now Rochelle, you're gonna have to edit this out. You can't out, uh, you can't out exercise a poor diet. Mm. Um, or you can't outdrug a poor diet. Those yeah. are a couple of um, analogies. It's like you know, we can do all these this stuff, this good stuff. But if your if your lifestyles are in bad shape, I mean, if you're smoking, if you're drinking too much, if you're eating crap, I mean, yeah. what does that do? What does that do? I mean, it's just kind of defeating the purpose of using a great treatment to help you get better. I mean, it's it's kind of a not very holistic in nature. We think about. Absolutely. So I, I have another analogy because yeah. I have analogies yeah. and I, this is not my creation, so I can't take credit for this. This is a shout out to Dr. James Chestnut. Yeah. He came up with this, but imagine homeostasis, like you floating in the, in the lake with a foam backpack on mm -hmm. and you take zero effort to stay above water, right? Because the buoyancy of the backpack in your own body is like just enough, right? All the crap that you do is rocks that are put in your backpack, mm -hmm. right? So some rocks are heavier than others, right? So maybe, maybe smoking, right? That's like a big rock or eating a ton of sugar and crap. That's another rock. So like all these negative things that we do, drinking or occasional smoking, cigar, yeah. uh, eating crappy, you know, deep fruit, deep fried food all the time. Like you name it, like, okay, that little rock in and of itself is probably not enough to really cause you to drown. Mm -hmm. But if you put enough of those rocks in that backpack, you, your body has to start treading water, right? And the more rocks you keep piling in, the more vigorous your body has to tread water and eventually get to a point where you have so many rocks in your backpack, you have this fear of drowning because you're barely keeping your mouth above water and you are frantically trying to stay above water, right? Now you've just initiated that stress response, that fight or flight sympathetics. And guess what? Now you're going to have all kinds of the mental aspects. Yeah. That are, and it just goes. So, so there's no like magic bullet, right? Yeah. It is sure. the discipline of starting to remove the rocks out of your backpack. Mm -hmm. And so choosing to avoid those things in your life that are toxic and negative for you. And I think we could also take a little segue and talk about mental health, right? Because yeah. there's those, there's still the metaphorical mental health aspects. You have your own mental health backpack, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but from the physical perspective, just removing those things is going to be important. Now that's going to help your body start to heal. It's going to help your body start to work less hard, but it's not an instantaneous thing, right? You have to continually avoid those things and try to balance those out. I love that analogy. That's awesome. I, I may have to use that. You said just like who? Dr. Dr. James Chestnut. Dr. James Chestnut. Super, super bright guy. So we have uh, Canadian, unfortunately. So it's <laughs> for us, Canadian, right? for us humble Americans, we're we have to admit they're, they're bright up there. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
So any any risks to doing like laser treatment? Yeah. So um, biggest things that I've come across in practice after doing it for a few years is the photosensitive medications. Yeah. Um, you do have oh, to be wow. careful there. Sure. That, it, you know, in, in a lot of times treatment, there's always these like, uh, you know, oh, it's contraindicated in pregnancy. Well, everything's contraindicated in pregnancy because <laughs> right, right. you don't have a bunch of pregnant ladies signing up to go studies. Yeah, like, right. yeah, I'm going to just take this random thing and hope it doesn't kill my baby. <laughs> so exactly. everything's contraindicated. So there is actually some some really good, like that is a hard contraindication. Sure. So if you're taking photosensitive medication, um, only in a couple of very on a handful of cases have I ever used light therapy when a patient's on that medication and I do it in a very, very light way mm -hmm. that they can tolerate, clearly sure. articulating those risks. Cause it, it's just like a sunburn, right? It's gonna, it's gonna act like a sunburn. Right. Right. So that's essentially what's going to happen. You can blister people with the, with the warm laser because you can put so much energy through it gets hot and you got to be really careful over tattoos. So what's really, yeah. So this gets into light. Okay. So for the metaphysicists out there and those physics people, this is where you have to forgive me. So light is absorbed in things of a similar wavelength, like the way that it can penetrate into your body when that light photon and that light wavelength stops is dependent upon other like light wavelengths, not mm -hmm. necessarily the density of the materials in, in, in a strict sense. So you can have a, kind of an obese patient and still get pretty good penetration into that individual because the wavelength isn't absorbed within that adipose tissue. Mm -hmm. So, so what's interesting about tattoos is a lot of that ink is very dark, right? Mm -hmm. So black absorbs the wavelength of the laser. And so now you get this extreme concentration of all of that energy within the ink layer in the dermis, sure. right? So now what happens instead of all that energy being permeated into that body and being distributed kind of throughout its distribution pattern, it's getting concentrated. So it gets incredibly hot. It'll feel like a grease splatter. So imagine you're cooking with oil and all of a sudden you drop something in your frying pan and that hot grease gets on you. When you go over the tattoo with a laser, if you're not on the right settings, it's going to feel like that because it instantly is going to concentrate all that energy in the tattoo. So is that the same thing happening with people with like that have lots of moles? Is that an issue too? Or you know, mole, you, you, yes, they will concentrate a little more, but yeah. like moles themselves typically are more brown in nature. So especially like when I'm working with any African-Americans or Hispanics, like we have different settings on the laser. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times you don't have quite that same stop effect. They will feel that warmth, not in the grease splatter application, but more of kind of like you're putting something hot on them, right? Like a little more of a withdrawal. You're sure. going to get like a reflex where they kind of like pull away from you, not in the grease splatter where they're going to jump off the table, but, but it will get warmer. So if I have that individual, there's settings in the machine where I choose a different wavelength mm -hmm. that penetrates that darker skin dark or the darker structure a little easier same thing like if we're treating migraines and we're going over somebody who's a brunette like a dark like my wife for example has really dark hair versus a blonde right sure. like a blonde i don't need to change my settings sure because it just boom, goes sense. right through but uh brunette like, and or if i i've had some patients where they dye their hair right and they're yeah. going for the dark effect so they get like black hair i mean you literally can smell burning hair sometimes oh. you have to be careful like oh okay because they don't feel it because it's in the hair follicle or it's in their hair, all that energy is going in there. Just like you can get your hair cut and you don't feel it, but that energy concentrates within that hair and it'll actually like burn the hair. Wow. 
<laughs> That's crazy. Um, so, you know, big, big issue now, you know, we, the economy is not great. People are struggling. What, what is something like a treatment like this cost? What, what's going to cost a patient? So two answers to that. If you're an established patient, right. And you're just coming in, it's a $45 treatment. Okay. Right. Wow. And we, we typically in the office, um, I don't like to oversaturate an individual. I usually try to keep it underneath 12 to 18,000 joules just because it is oxidative in nature, right? Cause it is radiation. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to give that person too many free radicals, right? You can get sure. Some people are a little more sensitive to that. Um, so I limit it to three regions. So let's say you come in and you have uh, neck and headache. So we do the head and you have a knee problem. Great. So we kind of do head, neck and your knee, right? Or if you have chronic arthritis in your bone on bone, right? And it's in both knees and your shoulder joint. Okay, well, we'll do both knees and a shoulder. Mm -hmm. So we kind of limit it to about three regions or to about that dosage, not just because I don't want to give the per you know, yeah. everything, but there is a prudence to how much you want to radiate somebody, right? right? Without right. making them, totally. some people can tolerate it. Well, I can give them 20,000 joules and they wake up feeling great. Another person I can get 12,000 and they get hung over, you right. know, yeah. oxidative stress is different depending again, like yeah. we were talking about how that body can process, yeah. process that oxidative stress. Well, so we're, we're kind of getting to the end of our podcast here and, and, uh, Obviously, listeners, you can tell this guy's high energy, <laughs> totally high energy. Love it. It's great. Um, so I like to ask guests, you know, what what one piece of advice would you recommend something to do like right now to improve their overall health? I know that's kind of a, a loaded question and you could probably talk for an hour on it. But what what one piece of, of advice would you say you got to do this right now? Move. Move, move. Yeah. Exercise. Yeah. That's Sedentary awesome. nature. Even if you, even if you don't exercise or you can't, and you're, and you're in your chair, right. Start small. Um, if I can give a rule of thumb, if you're like, well, I'm going to talk about this patient. She was, couldn't even move. Right. She couldn't even go to her mailbox at the end of her driveway. And I, and I pinned to her, I said, well, how far can you walk before it hurts real bad? And she's like, I can't walk. I can't go to my mailbox. I said, that's not my question. I said, how far in your house are you able to walk before you have to sit down? She's like, well, I can get to about my door. I said, do you have a chair between your couch and your, and your door? She's like, yes. And I said, three times a day, I want you to walk to that chair and then sit down. Okay. By the end of the summer, she was walking around her block. Right. Real. Right. So like, it doesn't matter where you are. You have to start. The journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step. Yep. So just move your body, get up, stand up straight, sit up straight for crying out loud. If I could tell you, get you off your stupid phone, right? Like from a moral perspective, I tell like <laughs> there's a, there's a million reasons why we might want to get rid of those damn devices. But for the most part is that uh, you're killing yourself softly. Honestly, yeah. I am seeing bad posture in teenagers that is going to cause surgery now instead of the average neck surgery and surgery in the spine probably being in the 50s and 60s. I predict that we're going to start seeing this a lot in the 30s and 40s in the coming generations because of smartphone and technology. It's going to happen because you can't ruin your, you know, sorry, another tangent. <laughs> the main reason why you just get up and move, stand up straight, right? Stop slouching. Like that's a big deal. A really, really big deal. Oh, you're going to end up having spinal surgery. I promise you. Cool. Like it's, it's that cut and dry, but here's why the whole reason you give infants tummy time 
right? Is to develop the strength in, yeah. in the neck and to develop that cervical lordosis, mm -hmm. right? I'm seeing lack of lordosis in my teenagers that I'm x-raying, right? Because they're on their freaking tablets and phones so long. So parents, stop pacifying mm -hmm. your children with technology. Make them get outside, play in the dirt, move, swing inside. Like, let them break stuff. It's okay. Boys will be boys. Do not stick a phone or a tablet in front of their face because you're biomechanically paralyzing this kid at some point in their life. That's great. That's great advice. Thank you. Sorry. So soapbox so, done. Yeah. No, that's great. I like it. That's this is a soapbox kind of podcast. Get on it. Yes. Um, so how do people get a hold of you if they want to make an appointment to do laser or whatever? If they want to come and see um, you? For just call the office, 225-3536, 225-3536, and uh, schedule to make an appointment. Um, you can you can see also Dr. Tara Cottle here. She's a physical therapist. So if you're kind of like anti-chiropractic, I get it. I don't, you know, no, no feelings hurt. Like there's a lot of us that are absolute batshit crazy. So I get it. You don't want to go to a quacky chiropractor. That's fine. That's why I have Dr. Tara. She's sweet. She's a physical therapist. Yeah. She can also help you with those things as well. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to give my plug for Dr. Eberts. He's the man. He's always been the man for me and, and has always helped me anytime that I've had an issue. So um, I appreciate his approach to uh, chiropractic. He's not uh, wanting me to come in here every week for a hundred weeks straight to, to do his treatment. And when I'm done, we're done. And yeah. I, I come back when I need him. So Although I, there's my caveat about Steve yep. not following instructions. I try to tell him to be a little more proactive. Right. And actually, the, I'm, and while I'm here, I'm going to sign up to be a regular to come hey. in and create, hey. you know, you're part of my team. You're kind, of, kind yeah. of part of my healthcare team. And I need, I need, uh, I need you know, spine cares as part of that and, yep. and joint care. So, yeah, appreciate you. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank and, you, Steve, for having me. Um, you know, if you made it this far in a podcast, uh, your reward is 25% off the supplement of your choice. You just have to use the code Dr. Marvin Ebert's Soapbox Podcast. Uh, you don't have to say Soapbox Podcast. I'm just kidding. <laughs> For any telephone or in-person orders at the pharmacy. This has been really a joy and a pleasure to have Dr. Ebert's uh, on the podcast today. So once again, thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And as always, be vigilant about your health. As always, be vigilant about your health.